Welcome to the Music of America podcast, where every week we visit a different state in America and meet a different guest in the music industry. Every day, Monday through Friday, we begin in Alabama and we end in Wyoming. I'm your host, Tom Pollard. Let's talk music here on the Music of America. The Music of America podcast continues. Today we're with John Wilkie in Bordentown, New Jersey, and we're going to meet John and talk to him and his style and his music. You know, years ago, I got into this really bad accident at work. I ended up spending the entire month on my stomach while my back wounds were healing. I had severely scalded and burned my lower back. About two weeks into my healing, I realized, hey, I haven't had a cigarette in like two weeks, so I quit smoking. Now, that method worked for me. I don't suggest it for anybody else, though. Thank goodness. There's a company called Laser Therapy South, located just outside of Fort Lauderdale. There's a company called Laser Therapy South, located just outside of Fort Lauderdale, to help you. Since 2003, Laser Therapy South has helped thousands of people all over the world quit smoking, reduce stress, and alleviate chronic and acute pain. Laser Therapy South. They've developed their own unique approach to tackle both the physiological as well as the habitual components of addiction to help you achieve total success. Laser Therapy. It's an acupuncture-based treatment that originated in Europe and Canada about 25 years ago. Your success is measured immediately. Laser therapy is instantaneous. Your treatment date is also your quit date. Isn't that cool? The laser is a cold sort of therapeutic laser. It doesn't produce heat. It doesn't cut through tissue. What it does, or what the clients seem to say, is it's more like feeling like having had a massage after treatment. Laser Therapy South. www.lasertherapysouth.com where all of your questions can be answered. Check them out if you want to quit smoking. Laser Therapy South, where being a quitter is a good thing. And John, like I said, how I quit worked for me, but I don't recommend it for anybody else. You know. So our guest is John Wilkie from Bordentown, Ken- I almost said Bordentown, I was thinking Morgantown, Kentucky, Bordentown, New Jersey. I've been to New Jersey once in my entire life. I, I went to a Rangers game at Madison Square Garden. And then we flew out of New Jersey airport the next day. So that was my experience in New Jersey. So tell me about Bordentown, where it's located and how you got there. Sure. Uh, uh, Bordentown is near Trenton. Uh, not too close to Trenton, thankfully. It's a little <laughs> bit like, yeah. It's, um, and uh, got here from, uh, grew up in North Brunswick, New Jersey. Uh, closest I can relate that to that anybody would know is New Brunswick, uh, New Jersey, you know, where... Um, uh, a great number of musicians played a place called the Court Tavern in, in New Brunswick. Patti Smith played there. Um, so I grew up in that area in, in central Jersey. Um, however, I, my my place of origin is actually Queens. My, my parents, uh, when I was born, they lived in Queens. Um, they moved me out when I was five, so I can't legit say I'm I'm from right. Queens. Right. I think there was a little accent there when I was a, a toddler. You know, it comes out when I'm mad, but <laughs> that's about my that's about my what part my of Queens? Pet. What part of Queens? Rosedale. Okay, Rosedale, my daughter Queens. was my daughter was in Astoria for a few years, well, several years uh, actually. Yeah. So yeah, my family, my parents are all Brooklyn, yeah. and Queens. Yeah. Okay. And what brought you to Jersey then, just to get out of New York? Well, my family, yeah, they didn't see raising a kid in, in Queens as a, as a good idea. Okay. And uh, also, uh, the North Brunswick area was kind of like, I think, something of a, 
like a vacation destination for my Brooklyn family. Like they uh -huh. already had some family members, you know, at that time, North Brunswick was like the sticks. Now it's just another series of, uh, Bro, you know, big, <laughs> yeah, pretty much yeah, just, and you know, big box stores and yeah. chains and all that kind of stuff. But then it was kind of like a summer getaway for my family from Brooklyn. So when it came time to get out of Brooklyn, they just followed the family and set up in, in North Brunswick. Are they musical? Any of your family members? Uh, let's see. I mean, there had to have been some people in the family that had a guitar because that's pretty much how I learned. And, you know, uh -huh. they, if they showed up at a family gathering and they heard that, you know, Johnny's trying to play, somebody would show up and show me a few chords. But really, otherwise, not a very really? musical family, actually. So you kind of did it on your own. That's like kind of interesting. What, yeah, what, inspired, what inspired that? Um. I just, I always had a lot to say <laughs> uh, and, and no, and nowhere to put it, you know, and um, just uh, the very notion that, um, you know, I could just go down in the garage, plug something in, start making noise, you know, putting my thoughts to it. You know, yeah. my, my, my uncle sent me my first guitar was a 30 year old Japanese guitar that he sent me. It was called a Zimgar to this day. Not many people have ever heard of that. It had um, it Put me had on that two, list. <laughs> right? It had two toggles on it, like you would find on an organ. Yeah, and it had a, a neck that my friends used to refer to as the baseball bat or the or the tree trunk. You know, <laughs> and even though they said you're supposed to, you know, start on acoustic to build up your finger strength, I did just fine with, with this with this neck. And even actually playing like a lot of fast power chords, I think a few times even cut my hand on it oh, and wow. um, my my best friend had half of a drum kit <laughs> and <laughs> that's, all, that's that's all it took we just started uh making songs with power chords and uh but even then like the 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 meeting of me and my my best friend was i still immediately you know had the inkling to try to produce you know uh catchy melodic uh sound i was much more uh, driven to sing. I think actually the the real reason why I wanted to learn guitar was not to be a guitarist, but just so I could always accompany myself. So I wouldn't have to, it was all about self-reliance, you know, and just uh, pretty much that. So I'd be able to sing at any time uh, in future bands. If I could hand the guitar over to somebody else, I'd, you know, be happy right. to, but always able to play rhythm and, and sing. I've been singing since I was like three years old, right? You know, sang in choir mm -hmm. all through church. And mm -hmm. I, I picked up the guitar because I found it's easier to take a guitar to parties than it is a piano or a yeah. tuba or a tuba. Yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> it's just, cool. it's just cool to have one of those things slung around your, you know, be walking around with it. <laughs> Not that often that somebody says, let's jam on some Zeppelin and somebody brings out a bassoon. It just doesn't yeah. happen, you know? <laughs> it doesn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> so how old were you when you and your drummer friend first started things going? Oh God, I, I had to have been high school, 15 or 16. Yeah. 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 Did mm -hmm. you start writing immediately or did you start doing cover songs first? Oh yeah. Started writing immediately. I just, I couldn't play cover songs. So I <laughs> couldn't play anybody else's music, you know? That's funny. I'll probably tell you at times later, you know, my favorite band for my whole life has been U2. And that was always what they said when they started, they tried to play covers. They couldn't. So they just had to, start making their own noise so that's that's been the case with me 
I'm a huge U2 fan, but I saw a meme the other day and it said, what if U2 actually sucks? <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people seem to have that, that theory. You know, they're a band that's either loved or hated. Yeah. That's, that, you know, yeah, that's I, what I like about them, actually. <laughs> hey, man, if they're, if they're playing music and I can understand it and it's got me moving, I love it. I don't care who it is, you know? Mm-hmm. So, And your music does that. I listened to uh, the songs that you sent me today. I was going to go right into those, if that's okay. Uh, Sounds good to me. First, where, where did you do these? Did you do these, record these yourself or did you go to a studio? Because they sound really well done. Oh, thanks. No, um, Mike Morello, uh, who's a producer, engineer, has a studio in Hillsboro. Okay. Uh, he has a band, if I'm allowed to plug his band, is called American yeah. Grimm. Uh, they're a um, kind of like a punk metal band. But he himself, uh, he's a multi-instrumentalist songwriter. Um, and basically, he's been my partner on both my first record, um, The Heart Stays on the Sleeve, and uh, this EP. And, uh, yep, if there's something I can't do, if there's some spot that I can't fill, if there's drums, which is definitely something I can't do, he play, he does the drums. No kidding. But, uh, oh, that's so Mike, cool. Mike Morello. So he actually does the drumming. He doesn't have, like, drum sounds or drum kits that they dub in sometimes on. He does all of it actually. On the on the first record, he just played right acoustic, right played the drums to the track, just mm-hmm. like that. On this one, he wrote all of the uh, the drum parts, you know, with with uh, software. But then went back in the studio and laid live drums, just basically duplicated it, yeah. but playing a live drum kit. Just sounds it just sound you can to me i can hear a difference you know absolutely a night yep. and day difference so that's so yep. cool well the first song we're going to play i wrote you back because i said what is this because it's irl because <laughs> i and and i had the same thing happen with me earlier uh earlier this last week as a matter of fact i was on a chat with some guy and he says uh um just just a bunch of abbreviations i said curtis i don't know what the hell you're talking about here <laughs> I, I tell you what's what was so funny about that is that is exactly like why that title was picked because I had the same reaction. I thought to myself, these abbreviations, the, you know, people, young people, you know, use these abbreviations to express such like, in some cases, heavy concepts, you know, like LOL is just laugh out loud. Right, right. IRL is in real life. They need an abbreviation to differentiate between real life and, you know, and, and their social media. And I, you know, I thought I was, uh, you know, too old or, or like to be using uh, a term like that. But then it turns out, yeah. apparently IRL is in the Oxford English Dictionary. I, I guess IRL is in the OED. <laughs> well, I, when when I finally figured it out, I was thinking, uh, do you ever watch the TV show Modern Family? I think I've seen clips. So there's a the dad... Uh, of the family of five or whatever is Phil Dunphy. And they do these uh, breakaways where they talk to the camera. Okay. Mm-hmm. So he's talking to the camera. He says, you know, I'm cool. I'm a hip dad. You know, I, I follow all these things. I, you know, listen to hip hop. I can dance. And he goes, I, I know all the phrases, you know, like LOL, laugh out loud, WTF, why the face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I thought first, cause I hadn't heard the song. I said, so what, what is this going to mean? I or else I immediately, immediately thought injured reserve list. You know, <laughs> and she broke my heart, so now I'm on the IRL. That's what I thought. And then and then I thought it was uh uh the G is missing in this in something about a G missing in IRL. The G is missing uh, in oh G. 
is missing in the IRL. I thought it would be something kind of a pun like These that. These are all sounding more clever than I think they're <laughs> what I intend. I have a very sick mind, but yours is IRL, which means? In real life. Yeah. And in real life, what spurred this? Uh, well, like I said, the, the, the term just stuck in my head because of the fact that I was just taken by the, I used to be a, a, a teacher actually. So it's probably cause I was just around kids and teenagers a lot yeah. and it just started to, it amused me that, um, you know, there's a term FML. I don't know if I'm allowed yes. to say what that stands for, but you know what it's, we'll figure for. it out. We'll figure it out. Yeah, they'll know. figure it out. Yeah. And so, I mean, he's, you know, heavy things, but everything's broken down to three letters, you know, but once the lyrics were written out, I, I wrote a lot more about, um, you know, about kind of, uh, you know, kind of like creating your way out of, uh, depression or creating your way out of, you know, um, have it like experiencing like a stagnant state in your, in your life or in your creativity. And, I'd say the key lyric is um, a fleeting streak of joy uh, is in the chorus. And um, as someone myself, I I've had uh, bipolar disorder since I'm 17 and, you know, and it's bipolar two, the sequel (laughs) (laughs) sequel. (laughs) bipolar two is much more on the depression side, not as much on the mania side. And I mean, that's behind most of what I write because most of what I write is almost like, you know, messages to myself or discussion with myself. And in this song, the fleeting streak of joy is just, um, it's something you have to keep an eye out for, you know, the joy and, and joyous thoughts and feelings that can just be taken for granted by, Mm -hmm. by most people. But for me, it's something that, um, you know, it's uh, it's kind of like Ferris Bueller. You know, uh, life moves pretty fast. If you don't look, you might miss it. You know, and um, I have to, I have to notice it when it happens. And um, you know, and the the verses of the song are are also just kind of trying to speak to someone like myself, and you know, get them out of a a lull, tell them that they can, you know, make up their own story. You know, so the song itself, I wouldn't say is directly about uh, or related to the title. The title really just came from that particular fascination with, uh, you know, abbreviations. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But still, you know, well, the music is, composition is really interesting because you got some uh, almost Van Halen esque type guitar, you know, or or maybe the Cars kind of guitar, and then you've got some Aha uh-huh type '80s techno music in there. And you blend them really well together. I mean, you made it work, you know, and yeah. I thought that was really cool. Uh, you got to owe a lot to, to Mike, to Mike Morello on that one. The, yeah. You know, he, like a good producer, he, and it's also just a really, really good friend. He, he knows how to translate what yeah. I'm looking to do to go from the demo that I have, you know, to the finished uh, product. Like that was just an acoustic demo just me and an acoustic guitar from years ago what i tend to do is i i bring anything that i have you know in my uh, my bag of tricks to him sometimes <laughs> something new will come out you know but this was one i brought to him and um also when we 
had conversations before starting, you know, he had brought to my attention, um, you know, how much synth and 80s sounds have reemerged. Yeah. Uh, you know, he played me a particular Trey play me a song by the weekend blinding lights and um, kind of as just a, you know, a kicking off point. So IRL became the first thing that we did. And being that he, you know, we both got excited over the, the, um, you know, bringing the synthesizer into it and bringing that sound into, it. I would say that IRL was the one he really went off the hook on yeah. with, with producing it. Like he really knew how to take that and, and bring that sound into it, you know? Um, and, uh, yeah. Well, let's so give that it was, a listen. I say we yeah, give it a listen. Sure. Absolutely. John Wilkie, our guest, or, or as he called himself earlier, Johnny. Johnny Wilkie. <laughs> John Wilkie from Bordentown, New Jersey, here on the Music of America podcast. This song is called IRL.
Dan Wookie, our guest here on the Music America podcast, that song IRL, the jingle that hits like a single. That's the slogan for Jingle Lingo, an advertising vehicle designed to create a unique and personal jingle to promote and position your business and make it stand out above the crowd. Think of all the musical jingles you may have heard through the years, right? Who came up with that? Who wrote that jingle? Jingle Lingo can and will put you and your business into a higher vision and focus on all your advertising needs. Jingle Lingo, custom-made, custom-designed with you and for you through the talents of accomplished singer and songwriter Courtney Davis-Jackson. Check them out today and get to work on your own personalized musical jingle from Jingle Lingo, www.jinglelingo, the jingle that hits like a single. Have you ventured off into other things other than writing songs, John? Show tunes, musicals, uh, novels, poems, jingles, anything like that? Uh, other things I've written? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, that's a that's a cool question I didn't expect, but I'm glad you asked. <laughs> uh, um, probably the only thing I'm as passionate and sometimes more passionate about than music is uh, visual storytelling, uh, graphic novels, film uh, so I have written and published a graphic novel around the same time that I released my first record. It was like 10 years ago. Um, it's not available for, for sale anymore, although like most writers, I'm sure I have a box of them somewhere. <laughs> and uh, But yeah, love, love, love comic books as an art form and not just superheroes. Um, and as far as film goes, um, I have written at least, I've written one feature length, uh, one short. Um, I, I went to uh, New York Film Academy, Academy, New York Film Academy, a few years ago. Yeah. So yeah, um, definitely like to write, um, write for images. It's something definitely more. I see the the pictures than I see words. I was thinking of that movie uh, "Throw Mama from the Train" with Danny DeVito and Billy Crystal. What does he my say? My parents love that movie. What oh does he God. say? What does he say through the whole movie? Writers write. Yes. You know. And you're a songwriter. I've tried songwriting. I can I can noodle around on the guitar and come up with some chords that sound pretty cool together and maybe find a melody inside there. But I don't write very well. So I really admire writers and writers write. So uh, kudos to you. And that's why I had to ask because I figured if you're writing songs, you got to write something else too. You want to talk about the film at all or just uh, stay on the music thing? Oh, uh, yes, stay on music. I mean... Um... Uh, just had, you, seemed, it, you, you just seemed intrigued it, by it so yeah if we go off on film uh um i could be i can go on and on about it but uh i'll, I'll save that for my next podcast. Well, i will i will say <laughs> i will say this much though is that what music provides that uh that graphic novels and film don't provide is music's immediate it goes right. it's me the guitar and it, it exists that's right, a, right that's a huge difference it's a more of a direct channel it's more of a, a direct access to my my emotions, so that's a big, big, big difference. That's sure. actually quite brilliant. I love that. I will be using that going forward. I use the analogy of a lot of things of the difference between chess and checkers. And chess is like the, the immediate gratification, like the mm -hmm. blues. The blues is one four five. It's checkers. Jazz mm -hmm. jazz is more like chess. You know, mm -hmm. in the music world, you know. And and, yeah. and that transcends just so many different things to the uh, is it checkers or chess, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, 
but that's uh that's really cool i like it what you said that's uh that music is immediate it's like all of a sudden bam it's there you got to mm-hmm. sit down and work on a, a novel right you got to yeah. sit down okay. and-, and it's very lonely <laughs> yeah <laughs> which i don't know it might be good for people like me i don't like people <laughs> <laughs> I say that and yet I host a podcast. I talk to people every day, right? That's, That's true. So, um, what musical influences do you draw from when you write music? Because obviously it's eighties stuff. But are there specific artists that you are drawn to, or is it later in life? Is it earlier in life? Well, uh, I'm an early nineties kid. You know, I was thirteen in ninety one. Uh-huh. You know, so right adolescence is right there in 91 92 93 94 so even as i said earlier being a big u2 fan i missed the the 80s and at least in the sense of my my adolescence didn't take place in the 80s however the 80s are still definitely uh a huge part of me because i would say i was i was online pretty early in life i was very alert very aware already absorbing even as a, as a, as a small, as a young child and everything. Um, so I definitely was aware. I, I even also was aware of U2's music, but I would only say when I hit around 13 uh, and I started to actually want to know who does this music that I like, where can I find it and wanted to seek it out, which I think is like the beginning of being a fan and, and being influenced. And that would be Optune Baby which is my favorite album ever. I, yeah. I think it's their greatest. Um, it's what they're currently playing over in Vegas in, in the sphere. It's a, they're oh, really? interested to it. Yeah. Huh. And uh, so finding that cassette tape uh, of October baby <laughs> was a big deal for me. Um, cassette but speaking tape. Of, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But speaking of cassette tapes, also before that, before I really knew how to seek out, uh, music. I would say actually the two cassette tapes I owned were the Beatles live at the Hollywood Bowl oh, and wow. Hugh- and Huey Lewis and the News Sports, <laughs> um, yeah. lot, which I think that that's a clear thing that probably shows up in this one. Um, the Beatles live at the Hollywood Bowl I think has resurfaced in some form or another, but for a long time that was that was out of print. Um, oh. But anything else early '90s uh, Pearl Jam. Uh, STP, I would say like Scott Weiland was uh, always an influence on me vocally. And, um, you know, though clearly on this EP, I fall back hard into, into, into my eighties love. Okay. Uh, uh, my first record, I really wanted to go to the early nineties stuff that I loved, but it didn't come out, uh, quite as hard and angsty. It came mm-hmm. out a little more radio friendly, a little bit more of, uh, you know, the way I deal with my angst, yeah. you know, but, uh, for sure. Um, you know, this, this one, I fell back into the, the eighties sound Tom Petty, Tom Petty's a big, a big mm-hmm. songwriting influence on me. Don't leave it all behind is from the second album, right? Yes. Yeah. These and songs are from the EP. Yeah. This is it, from, yeah. And we'll, we'll talk about that here in a little bit about the EP. Cause it just came out. Right, just a couple yeah. weeks ago, and one one. Yeah, but this is one of the songs on, about it on my on my forty fifth birthday, nonetheless, December twenty oh. first, twenty twenty three. Happy birthday! I didn't get you anything. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> Except for this podcast, there. This is for you. There you go. So, I'll... Tell us about "Don't Leave It All Behind." Then, what are we not leaving behind? That uh, I mean, I think of like I was at a hockey game last night, 
and they were playing flat. And I remember that every game, I remember coaches always saying, every game, you leave everything out there on the ice. When you do, when you play music, you do a live show, you leave everything up there. You come home exhausted, you know, mm-hmm. otherwise you've left it behind. And that's where I was kind of going with that. So what is your, what is your don't leave it all behind message here? Well, I, I, you know, the, the title uh, and maybe some of the things I was thinking around when I, when I, when I wrote this are kind of counterintuitive. Uh, I have another song on the EP called forfeit the fight, like give up. Yeah. So, so <laughs> these, these titles sound like the, like they're, you know, counterintuitive or they're against what the usual advice is and uh, don't leave it all behind was uh, it was first, it was a song. It was one song that I had, I was writing in the midst of recording. It wasn't something I brought from a while back. It was something I wrote while in the midst of recording. And by now, I think I've realized too, that even if I think I'm writing uh, to someone else or to some imaginary audience, I'm really writing myself. I know that by now. I mean, I listened to the old songs at that time. I didn't think I was, but, now I realize it was with don't leave it all behind. Uh, it felt like I was writing to like, it was something I would say to a younger version of myself, you know, and it's, it's invites, I think hopefully people also, I guess around my age now, <laughs> I, yeah, you cross <laughs> over 40 and you're starting to think of the first 40, you know, and, um, Un- until you hit, being, until you hit 50 or until you hit 60, until you hit 70. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Every decade. But, um, you know, it's, uh, it's again, kind of like what I said about IRL. It's, uh, you know, stop and smell the roses, you know, life moves pretty fast. Yeah. Um, you know, don't be in such a rush to just keep leaving it all on the, on the table. You know what I mean? I, I get it for, you know, for a game, for a, something of competition, you know, you don't hold back. I get right. that part, but in, in life, a young person, obviously, we know just spends it all in one shot. You know what I mean? They're not, they're not thinking of savoring or, or, or holding on or that it might be gone. They don't, you know, they don't think that way. Right. Uh, crossing over into this half, you know, and seeing my, you know, my, my parents age to where they're at, you know, um, it's a, it's much more of, of the, you know, the fleeting nature of life and you know um take your time uh let others help you um those kinds of messages all of, all of a sudden i've become so sage now that i'm, <laughs> that I'm 45 I'm, <laughs> I, I'm sage but you know at least i know this time though that i though i hope you know younger people hear that it's really still about me it's just a younger version of me yeah you still have about five more years before you realize you really don't know anything <laughs> i'm start. i'm starting to feel that but yeah i'm sure it'll get me more funny john wilkie is our guest here on the music of america podcast the next song we're going to hear from his new ep is called don't leave it all behind here on the music of america podcast
John Wilkie here on the Music of America podcast. I'm your host, Tom Pollard. We'll get back to Bordentown and more information with John about his music and his, the last song from his new EP. I want to talk about this, though. River Ridge Farms. It's Vermont recreation lovers' dream. It's a gorgeous vacation rental nestled in the green mountains of Vermont. River Ridge Farms is an escape to everything wonderful Vermont has to offer. This historic farmhouse is set atop 16 acres of fields, with mountainous views, a pasture, a pond, tree-lined river frontage, go and enjoy this beautiful spot right in the heart of the Green Mountain State. Along with the multiple nearby ski, mountain resorts, breweries, hiking trails, biking trails, and other tourist activities, this spot is really unique due to the multiple mountain views and, of course, the resident farm animals. When you set up your appointment, talk to the owner, Diana, and ask about some interaction she has with the animals. The pigs will love you. That's all I got to say. The pigs will love you. Or just stay in this comfortable modern farmhouse, which sleeps 11 guests comfortably. There's enough space to throw events like a wedding or a retirement party, or just relax and rejuvenate in the beautiful, beautiful Vermont landscape. Check them out. River Ridge Farms, Jeffersonville. You got to throw Jeffersonville in there because on Facebook, there's a lot of River Ridge Farm resorts or Airbnbs all over the country. I guess if there's a a river, there's a ridge. And if there's a farm where the river and the ridge once were, then it's River Ridge Farms. There's a lot of them. 
So you have to say River Ridge Farms Jeffersonville in your search. Or if you go through Airbnb, do the same thing. River Ridge Farms Jeffersonville, Vermont's recreation lover's dream. John, do you travel much? Do you do road trips or play out or you uh, just do albums? I am grossly, grossly under-traveled, although my one big travel uh, uh, story is a good one. I've, I've only been out of the country once, and it was to Japan. So when I, oh. I, I did it big, and it was to be the best man at my best friend's wedding. So flew 13 hours so I can stand at my, my best friend's uh, side. That's pretty cool. But I meant as a musician, have you traveled? Did you... Uh, like do you just sell locally? Do you perform locally or do you just sell CDs, just record them and put them out or? Oh, uh, well, you know, I, I've, I've only performed really locally in the central Jersey area. Mm -hmm. uh, when I was in, you know, more active in bands, I, I played plenty of, uh, in, you know, in Asbury park, okay. um, as you do <laughs> in, in New right. Jersey, um, some central Jersey, but yeah, mostly in, in the central Jersey area or Asbury park. I've, I've played, um in terms of uh, selling cds i would say my definitely 10 years ago my first record i i i bothered to invest in in uh, having cds burned and and, yeah. and everything but uh this time around we went right to right to streaming yeah but i guess the question i was going or going for there was gigging if you gig now like you did when you were younger and if you did when you were younger i just thought, uh don't know how you get your name out there anymore um a lot more gigging in the younger days uh i am hoping obviously uh to try to get something together to perform these songs but honest to god truth is is that um we'll even hopefully talk about it a bit with the next song um you know i'm a married man now my god I only got married three years ago Oh, uh, congratulations. Bought, thank you. Bought a house a year ago. Wow. Uh, yeah. Doing it all at the, at the midpoint. Where are <laughs> the kids? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, that's another one. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Working on that too. Uh -huh. Decided to wait, decided to wait till the, wait till the final bell, I guess. I played the long game, but I, yeah. <laughs> I like to think I'm winning so far. There you but, go. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I absolutely, I'm, I'm, I miss playing live so much, you know, and um, um, seeing how tough it is out there, though, since the pandemic and seeing my friends mm -hmm. struggling to find a new place to play. I mean, that my friend Mike, from that I've been talking about, his band, um, they were all set with a, a new record and, and hoping to get out on, on tours when the pandemic hit. And now they've found an interesting new outlet uh their music is on the darker side and their videos are on the darker side they actually go and play at horror cons they actually go oh, and wow. sell their merch and their cds you know there and yeah once that started getting them an audience they drive to everyone in the area you know so that kind of informed that kind of informs my my whether or not i currently have the you know the um the urge to try to gig again or, or get a band together again right now it's um it's just it was just important to me that what i uh um channeled and got out of my system over the pandemic was these six songs you know it's it's this yeah. ep it's like my pandemic baby <laughs> well pandemic did knock out a lot of artists that's for sure you mm -hmm. know it knocked them out of the business they had to you know it's fun to do 
when you have something else going on, when other, everything dried up, they couldn't even do the fun to do thing anymore. And then it was just never, a lot of them that I've talked to just never got back into the groove. They just put it, put that part of their life behind them. So yeah. good for you that you're, you know, pick yourself up by your bootstraps as the expression goes, right? Yeah. Yeah. Some well, do less- it for, I do it. Some do it for fun. Some do it for a living. I would say I do it to survive. I do it to keep my head straight. You know, yeah. I, I it, it's always been essential for my, my mental health. It's great therapy, man. So you made reference to the last song, which is called Will You Stay, also from the new album. Mm-hmm. And you made reference to that and then went right into being married. So is there a connection there? Yes, absolutely. Um, uh, well, ba- basically, the the songwriting part, I'll get to the married. The songwriting part of it was that... Um, well, no, I won't go off on a tangent. Let's talk about me being married. Let's okay. talk about my. Okay. Let's talk about my wife. Uh, I, I don't know. It's like um, the first time you ever feel like you've got something to lose. You know what I mean? I've ne- yeah. never had that feeling before. You know, it, it's possible in the past I might have been hasty to break up with somebody. Right. You know, we all think we might have made a mistake or something like that. Um, but I never found myself uh feeling like anybody got away you know yeah yeah and i would say with my wife uh the the very first time i sensed that there's uh not going to be anyone else there's no more moving on it felt as if uh you know that party that's ready to to get back out there you know that that guy that is on standby he he went on vacation (laughs) like he just was (laughs) he was done you know and um then i would say you know that became true early on in in the relationship but uh the point where i realized this is the person i'm going to marry was uh, a few years ago uh i was in uh princeton house which is a uh, inpatient uh facility here in new jersey um i had certainly had um a pretty bad panic attack. Um, some medication also was not really working. And, um, so due to my mental health, um, issues, the, the uh, anxiety, bipolar disorder kind of was really in need of a, uh, a pit stop. <laughs> I, I really <laughs> needed to, uh, kind of readjust and learn some new things. And it was very scary for me. It really felt like, you know, uh, something was over uh it was it was really really scary and um there was only one person at my side to the whole thing you know what i wow. mean uh ride or die is is a phrase you hear right. and uh i just knew that this is um this is a person who just won't leave my side you know and um and the fear you know of 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 now losing somebody that you you know can't live without yeah you know only uh you know became what i needed to sing about you know when i when i wrote will you stay it's a really romantic sentiment when you frame it like that i love that so let's give it a listen will you stay john wilkie our guest here on the music of america podcast
from Bordentown. That's John Wilkie here from New Jersey on the Music of America podcast. Before we go into the last segment of the show, there was a little bit more you wanted to say, I guess, about Will You Stay, right? About the songwriting, John? Yeah, yeah. Um, musically, what was um, like so exciting uh, about it is that, you know, I'm a singer, yeah. I write songs, yeah. But I've never felt like or identified with singer-songwriter. Um you know, like I said, um, being a writer can be a lonely experience. There's no collaboration, you know, writing uh, scripts and books and stuff like that. Uh, and music always, to me, what I craved was collaboration. But, um, you know, my first experiences were in a band. I, I, I don't like the experience necessarily of being the beginning and end of each song. So while recording this with, with Mike, I pushed and pushed and I said, I want, you know, I want, uh, I want ideas coming back to me. You know, I want there to be a ping, you know? And so he sent me a progression, you know, that he had kind of messed around with, um, I guess with the sound of the rest of the record in mind. And I used that and, and, you know, based the song off of it. So it's really like the most collaborative writing, you know, on the record. Uh And, And I know for sure when he came up with this, he had all he definitely had you two in mind if you hear the especially the chorus and that, yeah. that drum sound it's beautiful day it, it's really just sounds sounds like that so it was a chance to hear him send back to me what he thinks i sound like you know which oh, was really cool yeah. yeah i like the back and forth of it and i missed that a great deal that's mm-hmm. the reason why i would want to get a band back together not necessarily the gigging you know but the the collaboration the camaraderie and stuff like that which right. i have with like yeah, I get together with a bunch of my old mates about once a month or so, and it's fun to sit around, yeah. play some old music, talk about it, talk about this, talk about that, make fun of each other, and it's just fun. Call it a day, you know. I don't need to yep. go. I don't need to go out on stage anymore. I don't need to perform like that anymore. It's just fun. Mm-hmm. Well, John, this is the last segment of the show we call "Shameless Self Promotion," and uh, you're not really gigging. You get a new album coming out. You got no shows coming up to say per se. You got a website coming out this year. You said so. Let's talk sure. about that. Talk about how we can help support you. How we can find your music and continue supporting you through your music. How about that? Absolutely. I like shameless self promotion. I <laughs> the EP is those called Think Shamelessly. So I don't know how those two things go together, but the EP is called Think Shamelessly. It just came out on my 45th birthday in December 21st. Um, it's, uh, six songs recorded over the, the pandemic. Um, and, uh, you can find me on Facebook, Instagram. Uh, I have actually created a TikTok account cause I'm told there's a lot of eyes over there. <laughs> I, <laughs> Facebook and Instagram I knew, but when I started to see the amount of, you know, views that, um, you know, the clips that I've been releasing got, and then I looked at what they are on on tiktok it's it's pretty different but i'll say that if you go to um any of those three things facebook instagram tiktok uh the the new creative outlet i've been enjoying has been creating um you know social media content like i i if you see reels if you see clips if you see any interview footage um anything like that it's all created by me um there is video footage used in them that actually was filmed uh at mike studio um by a good friend of mine named uh shoddy um so that kind of stuff you leaning more into where people see music 
today. I mean, granted, the stage is great, but they see it on YouTube, where you can also find me. They see it on social media, so mm-hmm. that's where I've been focusing. I'm, I'm getting the music out um, with visuals. So actually, in that sense, if you think about it, the visual storytelling that I spoke about right, earlier, right. I'm getting to merge them in this case. I'm having a lot of fun, that's and cool. Canva is everything. I don't know if that's a plug, but I just love love creating little films um and putting it to the music so for sure if you check out facebook instagram you're going to see uh, a lot of the stuff that i've i've created to go with the music hey what my uh facebook was blowing up for a while i think when you first came out with this because it's like it, it's like almost every day i'd open up my facebook or, or scroll through that i'd see something about john wilkie and your new album you know see it was really yeah. good you handled that marketing very well thank you <laughs> you got it absolutely well, John, Hopefully thank I, you. Tired of it. Uh, your Facebook is just John Wilkie, W-I-L-K-E-Y? Uh, yes, you can find John Wilkie, W-I-L-K-E-Y. Okay, that's where we can find you for that, for Instagram, all that. And on YouTube, is it John Wilkie Music or is it just John Wilkie again? Yeah, just search for John Wilkie. I know on Instagram, the username is specifically it's john.wilkie.way. Uh, that, so okay. that's why you know which one is me. Okay. Uh, but you still have no problem finding me on YouTube. Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. And listen to his music and download it and support him that way. And uh, good luck on your website coming out this year, right? Uh, that'll be at www.johnwilkie.com. Very cool. And what matters more than anything is I just love to hear back from people. I just want to know that people hear it, enjoy it, and uh, that would make me thrilled. When it's up and running, send us an email so we can uh, talk about it on the website. Okay? You got it. I'm John Wilkie, our guest here today on the Music of America podcast. We wrap up the Garden State this week with blues rocker Eliza Neals from Atlantic City Tomorrow here on the Music of America podcast. You've been listening to the Music of America podcast. If you like today's show, please go to the website at www.musicofamericapod.com or our Music of America podcast Facebook page. Like us and follow the show and episodes. We tally the votes of all our shows, and the most listened to shows will be rebroadcast on our best of shows at the end of the season. I look forward to having you with us again and listening to the Music of America.